Lord, I need faith. Teach me faith, Lord. And the saints say, Amen. God bless you, church. Awesome. Thanks, team. Wonderful. We're on a journey, and we've been talking about being on a journey. Who's on a journey in life? Who began a journey in Jesus? Who's ever been on a journey? Who's been across the Himalayan mountains? My friends did. That's all they became ground engineers for Qantas for, was to do all this great traveling. As young teenagers, I grew up with them, and they used to travel all the world, Peru, and surfing in Peru, and I was jealous, man. I mean, of all, all of 18, and my friends are just living, they got 90% off their airfares. And they didn't tell me uh, this uh, until they, after they got the job. And, and, uh, but they did that apprenticeship only to do all the travels. And they just, for four years, uh, they accomplished yeah, trades. Uh, one was electrician, ground engineer, another one was something. And, uh, but in four years, did they see the world? But they traveled and traveled and... Oh, but life is a journey, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about, um, I guess, what happens at the point of the journey when you give your life to Jesus, and then I want to talk about what the actual journey is supposed to engender, or uh, what it's supposed to do for you, what it's supposed to, how it's supposed to build you up and allow you to be mature, uh, strong in God. Uh, because I believe in these days, and already there's a shaking going on. Who knows what I'm saying? There's a lot of shaking. B- Book of Haggai says, uh, the prophet Haggai, one of the last books in the Old Testament, he says in the, in the last days there will be a shaking in heaven on earth. And the gold and the silver belongs to him, and the, the glory of the, for- the glamour of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. So we're seeing God just turn up. Apparently Hillsong did have, they called it, what did they call it? This gigantic prayer meeting. We had one Tuesday. It was phenomenal. But they had one where they filled the whole stadium up and they had this, I think they called it the gigantic prayer or something. And they reckon the anointing, the presence of God just so turned up. The, the manifested presence of God. Anyone heard of the kabod, the glory, the weight of the glory? Anyone ever felt that? Anyone ever been in a meeting? Maybe it was a Benny Hinn crusade, and he loves to do that. He just loves to keep worshipping, worshipping, and until the weight of the glory of God turns up. And that's how people get healed. It's, it's, it's a powerful thing. And so we're on this journey of experiencing God, knowing God, and really the journey of, of becoming a Christian and journeying with God is about getting to know God, having a knowledge that He is absolutely righteous, that He is absolutely, absolutely uh, truthful to His word. His promises are yes and amen, that we can count on Him and His promises, His nature, His character, His promises. We can count on Him. Do you believe in the word of God? Do you believe it's the immutable, irrefutable the, 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 the breathed out will of God for us to those who believe, to those who choose to appropriate these promises. And really, this is what life's about. Yes, at this point here, getting, uh, knowing Jesus as the light, the truth, 
the way, as the way, the truth, the life. But he is the light and his light shines upon our heart in a darkened world and we begin to walk by the illumination of the word of God. Is anyone with me this morning? And so as you begin this journey, that's where all the fun begins. Because life growing up in God is not peaches and cream. It's not easy peasy. It's all a fight of faith and living by faith. Who's with me on this? Who's ever been through a valley? The valley of Baca, they call it in the Old Testament. I've set my heart on a pilgrimage through the, through the valley of Baca where there's streams now and ponds turn up and, and God's supply turns up. And, and, and then your strength is displaced for God's strength in you. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's what we're talking about. And um, I started to think about this journey, the journey of faith. And I started to think, th- this book came to mind. I've never r- r- read it. Maybe you have, Pilgrim's Progress. 1678, this book was written. John Bunyan wrote a book about progressing on this journey. Say progressing on this journey. Pilgrim's Progress. These young people are not going to know this book. I know this. Um, some of us as baby boomers, we might have read or heard some of it in school. These young people would, you know it. Jason, you know it. Because, what? Because you're English? You, did we? It's on DVD, I know. But did you kids grow up with it in school? You did. In a Christian school, of course you were. Of course you were. Uh, well, you'd know these, uh, th- w- w- uh, the giant of despair. So this Christian, this book is written in terms of life is a journey. And there's things called the giant despair, the doubting castle, the slew of despond, and vanity fair. Uh, help me, help me. Uh, is it through it called the book the best sermon ever preached on the bible it certainly gives a vivid picture of the individual's journey down the road of life well merits comment the pilgrim is fittingly called christian oh he's called christian he meets all matter of physical trials and tribulations such as the giant and his castle i gotta read this book i'm already i'm already wanting to, to read this which stand for spiritual obstacles. Anyone dealing with spiritual obstacles right now? Uh, for example, the Christian's imprisonment in Doubting Castle is his faith giving way. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, faith. Uh, here's another one. He's being in a slew. I hope I'm pronounced. There's a couple of ways you can pronounce it. Slew is a spiritual wallowing in despondency. Anyone like that this morning? He gets sidetracked, departs from the straight and narrow way and steps into a fair or at a fair, an exhibition. He is now dedicated to vanities, vanities, vanities. The book Ecclesiastes says everything is van, uh, to merely just having a good time. Christian needs to adjust his course and we all do from time to time to reach the heavenly goal. Had he not done, done so, Bunyan would have had to change the book. The guy who wrote the book, he would have to change it to Pilgrim's Regress or perhaps to Pilgrim's Staying As He Was. Pilgrim's Staying As He Was. Uh, my, uh, my family, uh, my, not my personal family, but 
a family that I used to watch on TV as a kid growing up in the 60s, uh, they were on a journey too. And this show was called Lost in Space. Who used to like Lost in Space? Come on. You may be too sanctified to like Lost in Space still, but I would, I would watch it now, in fact. Series of Space Age adaption of the novel The Smith Family Robinson. The astronaut family Robinson, accompanied by a military pilot and a robot, set out to colonize Alpha Centauri. I love this stuff. From the overpopulated Earth, the time was 1997. Uh, the mission is immediately sabotaged by Dr. Zachary Smith, who slips aboard the spaceship Gemini 12 and programs or reprograms the robot to destroy the ship and crew. Phil Kanz loves this stuff. Smith is trapped aboard, saving himself by prematurely reviving the crew from the suspended animation. They save the ship, but consequently damage uh, leaves, their, leaves them lost in space. Eventually, they crash on an alien planet called identified as... Phil, what would it be? Propylus, is it? Or Proplanus? Proplanus? I've never even heard that. I knew the show quite well. That doesn't ring a bell at all. Uh, where they must survive a host of adventures. Smith, whom Alan, he's the creator, Alan, is it Irwin Allen? Yeah, it must be Smith. Alan, who intended to kill off, remains through the series as a source of comet, uh, comedy, comedy <laughs> cowardice, and villainy, uh, villainy uh, exploiting the forgiving, I like this, exploiting the forgiving or forgetful nature of the Robinsons. I don't think it was forgetful. I think it was very forgiving, weren't they? They were just that beautiful family. Dr. John Robinson, Dr. Maureen Robinson, June Lockhart, Mark Goddard, Don West, Judy Robinson. Uh, yeah. Uh, you probably heard some of the, um, uh, you know, danger, Will Robinson. These are some of the warning, warning. Uh, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Love this robot. This robot, I have to read out this robot, a non-theorizing environmental control robot which had no given name, although a, a machine endowed with superhuman strength, futuristic weaponry, he often displayed human char characteristics such as laughter, sadness, and mockery, as well as singing the guitar. <laughs> uh, you got to love this show. But uh, never fear, Smith is here. Oh, the pain, the pain. And uh, we used to love Dr. Zachary Smith, didn't we? And, and get infuriated with him too. The book of Hebrews talks about a people of God on a journey and, and they're on a journey looking for a place that is in communion with God. They come out of tents and, you know, and, 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 and the book of Hebrews is really about faith. It's about seeing this place, not seeing it, but seeing it through the eyes of faith. And the book of Hebrews is very much about uh, explaining to us that, I guess, that the peoples of God, Abraham, Moses too, but Abraham was on a journey. Uh, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, your father's household and go to the land I will show you. And then um, it says in the New Testament, of course, enter through the narrow gate. So in the New Testament now, Jesus is saying, come by the narrow way, the narrow way. Broad is the way to destruction, wide is the gate, but narrow as Jesus became the light and showed the light into the world, people saw the light and began to follow the light. And Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. So we're on a journey. Who's with me this morning? 
This light, for me, takes us into Luke 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So I'm just crunching some context here. It's the kingdom that we're actually walking into. So we become Christians at this point here. We become Christians. But it's then as we see the light, when we begin to walk in the light, we actually can begin to walk into the kingdom of God which is all the dynamics, help me, all the dynamics of the mercy, the grace. Thank you for those nods. Thank you for the nods. I do appreciate an odd nod like this or any movement of the body, uh, you know, just anything or even a noise like a yeah or a whoa or a amen, brother, you know, or anything. Just do any amen. Just say that. Can you do a yeah, deeper voice? Amen. Amen. What can we do for the ladies? Uh, that doesn't sound right, Julie going, amen. Preach it. Glory. God, Jesus said, God the Father is pleased to give you the kingdom, this alternate reality that exists on the planet now. By the incoming Christ, he has released the kingdom, which is all the dynamics of a kingdom coming but, 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 but an empowerment of grace, mercy, love, all this stuff that is available to you as a pilgrim, as a journeyer in God, if you want it, but is only appropriated by faith. If you stand in your salvation and don't ever move through your life as a pilgrim and appropriate uh, and deal with the challenges, deal with all the stuff, struggles and and because life is like that that's how god grows you up you know like a kid it's just like a a baby you know that we got to let the kid fall over and if we mandy pandy them they grow up you know grow up you know just not right so (laughs) i'll be careful on that point but this is this this what what i'm trying to say that we're on a journey and and the the basis of our journey is, or one of the foundations that we've got to absolutely realize, especially in these days, as there's a shaking going on. And in fact, a lot of Christians are falling out of the church because they don't do this. They don't work out their salvation with fear and trembling. They don't work out their salvation and become strong inside. They don't grow up into God because, see, it even says here, here's another journey context scripture, Hebrews 6.1. And I'm crunching some stuff this morning, but I want to get somewhere. Therefore, let us leave. So we're going somewhere. Leave the altar call. When you gave your life to Jesus, let us, and you got to know Christ, and let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go into maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. And, and, and these basic fundamental teachings God's saying, I want you to leave that and I want you to go on a journey with me and walk it out by faith and begin to grow up and become this mighty, consequential, influential person of God that can be a light, be an influence, be a consequence, be salt, be light, be all that, because now you've got the virtue of the life of God in you, radiating out of you, beginning to emit the life of God, the love of God, the power of God, because, see, you only can do that as you go through this journey and learn who God is and absolutely know who He is, 
trust who he is, but know who he is. And that's where I'm going with this. It's a walk of faith. Say it's a walk of faith. Hallelujah. I love the fact too, Phil, because uh, I'm pointing, because he's a science f- fiction book. I, I, I love the fact too, and I remember Lost in Space, I love the show completely. I would run home to watch it. I just, this, and this, uh, by the way, here's some added, the set of Lost in Space was far more superior to Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, the, 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 the early version of it. It was, uh, there was a lot of money invested in it, so I think probably that's why. We thought it was so good. Lots of vivid colors and uh, just the whole depiction of this journey, this pilgrimage, this, this, they're on a journey. But look at, Lost in Space was about looking for, too, this space fuel. Uh, do you guys remember what that fuel was? Was it plutonium or something? Or was it? It was. Ty's saying yes. I mean, it was something so rare that they would only find it every so often, and then they would put it in their rocket ship, and then they would take off and then crash into another planet. But this spoke to me too, like our faith is more precious than gold. Our faith to get our life off the forbidden planet of our own shipwrecked lives sometimes, that rocket fuel is faith. Who's with me on this? So here's your life. You're lost on forbidden planet. You're lost. But when you get faith, which is a gift, faith is a gift. Everyone gets faith, a measure of faith. Did you know that? Everyone gets a measure of faith to believe in God. It's a seed of regeneration. Everyone has a potential to respond to God. Everyone has a potential to respond to God. No matter who they are, everyone, God in his righteousness, he's not a respecter of persons. He has given everyone the gift, a measure, a portion of faith. And when we decide to exercise that faith and say, Jesus, I recognize your light. Somehow, when we give our life to God, when we give, when we become saved, when we become saved, it's in that moment that we know without a shadow of a doubt, God is true to his word. And it's in that moment that this is the first thing I find who people give their life to Jesus. There's going to be some people who give their life to Jesus this morning. This is so supernatural. This is so amazing. I'll start again. Everyone has a measure of faith. It's a gift. It's a gift of God. Say gift of God. Everyone has a measure of faith. When you exercise that faith and say yes to Jesus because you recognize him as a supernatural light into your darkened world, in that moment, he regenerates your spirit. You become born again, saved. And in that moment, you know God is true to his word. You know God is righteous. You know God's word is true. Because your salvation, if you're really saved, will give you a peace 
beyond any understanding. It says beyond man's understanding. Even if you don't go on with this, even if you just bumble through this and say yes to Jesus, somehow I have talked to the, the, the people who are on just shipwrecked in life, absolutely just strung out on all sorts of crazy stuff. And this is the one thing they tell me, the peace of God came into my life. I slept for the first time last night in 30 years. Who's heard of this stuff? Who's heard of it? Yeah, yeah. You experienced it. You experienced the righteousness of God, but you didn't experience a self-help program that somehow, no, I just really believe that I'm saved. I just really, no, you didn't have to try like Garth said. You didn't have to try hard. You just said, my God, when I said yes to Jesus, he came into my life. I feel saved. I know I'm saved. Something's happened on the inside. Like for me, when I gave my life to Jesus and went rushing out of my bedroom after I'd read the scripture, after I'd read the sinner's prayer to myself. And I know this for a fact, a light filled the room. A light filled my heart. And I went running out to my my mates. (laughs) Not the best thing to do. Um, and and because these guys are fairly sensible guys, they'd lived a lot of life, they'd been all over the world, they were doing, you know, they're fairly switched on guys, but I said, Jesus is Lord, that's what virtually I said, Jesus is Lord, and they said, Phil, what are you talking about? I said, no, I just, the book I've been reading, Cosmic Conspiracy, for those who know it, I've just read the sinner's prayer, and and I know I'm saved, I know I'm I'm fine, I'm I feel confident now that that God knows me and I'm bound for heaven and that I know how the world goes round. I know there is a devil. I know there is a God and I know where I fit now. That's basically what I'm trying to say. But these guys couldn't get the picture. They just said, Phil, would you leave me alone? I'm trying to... Yeah. And no one could get it. But I knew in that moment... But I never went to church for two years. And no one trained me, no one was able to teach me how to grow my faith now. Everyone has a measure of faith. Say a measure of faith. Everyone has a measure of faith. And from the time, and Romans 12.3 says that, God has allotted to each a measure of faith. It's a persuasion, it's a conviction, it's an absolute assurity, it's something that you just know to be true. God is. Faith is like, I knew we were going to build this building. Faith is, I knew my daughter's finger was going to be reattached after it was chopped off in a door. Faith is knowing that someone's going to be made whole, made uh, be healed. Faith is believing for the best outcome, not the negative outcome. Who's with me? Who's got some faith in the house this morning? Come on. Give the Lord some praise right there if you can. Oh, yeah. John 1, 9 says, The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Jesus is the true light to lighten your path. So he does. He lightens our path to begin our journey. However, all who receive him begin their journey out of darkness into this marvelous light of God. Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no 
to ungodliness and worldly passions. This is the next thing I found amazing in being saved, that all of a sudden I wanted to live right for God. Who was like that? Because, see, the grace which is the free gift, the faith that, which is the free gift that comes to you, comes to, into your life for the, and it says again, t- Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives for this present age. It says it like this too in Ephesians 2.8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith is the key word that I want to try and get through to you this morning. And this is not from yourselves, as Garth said. It is the gift of God. We've been given the gift of faith. And it's that faith that needs to be exercised. You can actually know when you're saved because you'll see redemption at hand in your own life. Disobedience to his word and bondage to sin are being overcome. Next, unrest and frustration are are giving place to peace and patience. Meaningless habits are being replaced with purpose and discipline. Fantastic. That's why it must be a progress, a progress in God. The ultimate gift. I'm going to crunch some stuff here. 2 Peter 1 1. I've got to get to this scripture. Simon Peter, a servant of the apostle of Jesus Christ. This is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. To those who, through the, the righteousness of God and Savior. See, that righteousness is important. When you got saved, when you got saved, if you don't know nothing else, but when you got saved, you knew it worked. No one can, look, your, your journey didn't work when they ask you about your journey. What's your journey like? What was your journey after you got saved? Well, actually, uh, let's not go there. But okay, let's start from, let, let, let me start, if I was to ask you, let me start from here when you got saved. I can vouch that I was saved. I can vouch that Jesus is righteous and he is faithful to his word. When I gave my life to Jesus, he saved my soul. It come rushing in. I know without a shadow of a doubt, this is not some self-help program. This is not Scientology. This is not some sort of philosophical mental ascension to God. This is not some uh, vain imagination. This is not some uh, thing out, out from blue yonder, Tom Cruise somewhere. No, this is, this is true that God is righteous and faithful that when you say yes to him, The light switched on in my life and I had peace beyond man's understanding. Somehow the dust settled in my consciousness because everyone is born born with the law of God between right and wrong. Everyone is born like that. That's what distinguishes us between animals. And everyone in in their consciousness knows between right and wrong somehow the dust settles in there and you go yeah he's lord there's no doubt now but it's whether you journey with him some people never begin their journey some people just say yeah he's lord but look and you continue to turn your back on the light of god which is the revelation through the word of god and the revelation of his will for your life you turn your back and you say yeah i believe it but I've I've still got to walk this way. You walk in the darkness of a fallen world. But when you say yes to Jesus and that seed of redemption takes hold of your life and you begin to 
push back all the iniquities, all the sins, all the stuff that has been in your life. Once you begin to walk that out, it's proof in the pudding that you are saved, but then begins your journey of maturity. Don't you love this stuff? Give the Lord a hand there right now. You're too quiet. It's a gift of God. So to those who through the righteousness, now why I said all that, because he is righteous, he is faithful to his word. When you gave your life to him, the lights were switched on. He does that. Of our God and Savior Jesus Christ has received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through that by the righteousness. There it is. See, there's in your NIV, it doesn't actually say righteousness, but I'm going to drop that in right there. So let's back it up in verse 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge, your Bible says in IV, doesn't it? Knowledge of God. But the, the, the other versions say a righteousness. Now let's move down to three. His divine power has given us everything we need in life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. There, there it is there. That word there, knowledge. See, see this, see this. I don't just believe Jesus is Lord. I don't believe Jesus is Lord. Now I've got you. I don't believe Jesus is Lord. Now I've got, got more. Someone just woke up. Hey, hang on, am I in the right church? I don't believe Jesus is Lord. Got another one. Did someone else woke up? I know Jesus is Lord. I know from experience in my life, on my journey, on my pilgrimage, in God, through the valleys, up the mountains, I know my God is faithful to His Word. He is righteous. He is faithful. And every time I go through stuff and trouble and are being propositioned by God in the lessons of life. I don't back out because I'm going for promises that are astronomical. We're building a church. We're going for souls. And some would say, look, that's altogether too much. Uh, I'd like to travel with you, C3 Tugger, but, and we're going into Rise and Build, and probably this is why I'm preaching this. I'm speaking about faith, aren't I? But we have a company of people that say, Pastor Phil, I hear and see what you want to do. Uh, it's going to take faith. i got some faith. i got more faith than what I had when I even got saved because I've been exercising it. I've been giving to God, and He's been proven faithful in that. He's been blessing me in my tithes and offerings. I, I, I know God because I, I, I believe God for my, for my wife to be healed, and she's healed. I know God is faithful to His Word. And when we, come, when we come together with that sort of faith in the house, I know God can heal my son and bless my son. I've seen Him do it. I know He'll do it. He's faithful to His Word. And when you know God, it's then when you can live a most extraordinary life. See, faith is so important. But faith through endurance and persevering in God allows you to know. And you just got to rest. See, I just don't believe Jesus Christ is Lord. I know Jesus Christ is Lord. I know from personal experience, I've been traveling with Jesus since I was a young boy. And even when I wasn't saved, he was there. 
preserving my life. He was there when I didn't clearly understand his voice. He was there and so much more now that I have faith in God. And as we go through this life cycle of these inexplainable things that are happening to some of our precious people, stuff, marriages, loss of jobs, ill health. When we go through those things, what do we do? Do we, do we give into the circumstance of life or do we say, I praise you, Jesus. I know you will get us through this. I know you will build your church. I know you will raise the dead. I know we'll have a youth group over a hundred. I know we'll bring in a million dollars this year. I know, I know. Because if we start giving into our circumstances and bowing our knee to what the circumstances are saying in our life, we become defeated. But every time I'm on this journey with you people and we come to a need, we come to a situation that doesn't make sense, God is saying, endure, my friend, endure. You need a scripture, don't you? To experience the fulfillment of a promise, we must be fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform, Romans 4.12. As we continue with God along the path of righteousness, he gives us exceeding great and precious promises. I didn't want to build a church, but as I kept, Ali, as I kept on the road, as I kept on my journey, because we began a journey of holiness when we first got saved. See, the, 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 the seed of redemption within us, we gave up every vice. We gave up every bad habit. We pulled everything in to serve our God, to become a living sacrifice, to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, to be transformed in that. And then we realize that God's got more for us than to believe for a, a boy with cancer sitting in Wild Hospital at the age of 18 to be healed. God says, I've even got more for you than that. Oh, I couldn't believe for more than that, God. I couldn't believe for more than a boy to be, to be healed of, of, of a disease, of a cancer that is life-threatening. He says, I have great and wonderful are my promises. And then we went, oh my God, he wants, to, he wants us to start a church. This, this journey, this pilgrimage, man, I, I'm not sure if I want to continue. But in, in that need and in that almost momentary insufficiency of understanding can it be done God kicks in how does he kick in Pastor Phil I need to know it's a cycle of faith my friend James 1 2 says I'm nearly done consider it pure joy my brothers Whenever you face trials, consider it pure joy when you've got a sick friend you have to believe with faith to heal. Consider it pure joy when you're going through your own troubles, your own circumstance that is life-threatening or, or bringing destruction to your life. Consider it pure joy. Why? My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. This stuff doesn't work if you don't go through the crucible, the trial of life. And this thing is not just whimsical, whimsical notion in God. And this is about really doing life, dealing with life and saying, God, I need help here right now. 
He wants us to do great exploits. He wants the youth to become this new church, this new generational church. And they've got faith, but they've got to go through their own trial. They've got to grow up. They've got to believe with us in building a house and doing great stuff for God. You'll have your own trials. 1 Peter 1.6, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold. Peter is saying this faith is greater worth than gold. You're better off having this faith than a whole bunch of gold. Come on. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is is revealed. When we have learned to stand, endure the trial and seen the supply provided by God, our faith has proven, our faith is proven in that struggle. Eventually at each level we pass from faith into knowledge by the constant experience of the goodness and the truth of the Lord. Did you get that? From faith to knowledge. From faith to knowledge. Some people just get this smug look on their face. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. They're not slashing. I know, I know the character of God. I know the nature of God. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's going to do it. Eventually, at each level, we pass from faith into knowledge by the constant experience of the goodness and the truth of the Lord. I love this. We can stand in the battle because we know of the outcome. Jesus Christ is Lord. I still have to stand and endure the circumstances, but it's unthinkable to do anything else. It's not a faith issue anymore because my understanding of the Word and my experience of God combines together. I have passed from faith to knowledge. So when I come to believe for new things, my faith is founded on what I know. I know that God is faithful. He is steadfast. His Word is true. I'm nearly done. He is good. He does not lie. He is unchanging. On my best or worst day, I can have the same relationship with Him because He is so constant and consistent. He is the same yesterday. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is this speaking to someone this morning? This is the great source of strength and security. We love an unchanging God. On many spiritual levels of life, this is the cycle. There's a cycle. Each one of us go through this cycle from getting saved. We go through a cycle, the trial, the enduring, the persevering, the faith worked out, precious as gold, then we go on. And the more you do that, guys, the more you do that, you will run into the greatest exploits your life could ever imagine. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even imagined what God will do with a faith-filled, enduring, persevering, faith-filled pilgrim on their journey of life, they will come to a point where they will do great exploits. Your life is valuable. Let's all stand up. Your life is amazing. It's by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. What was an issue of faith produces endurance as we stand in trust, waiting for the provision in the promise. As our faith proves out in the testing, 
we inherit the supply and we pass further in the dimension of faith towards knowing God. We become comfortable with his dealings and eventually come to a place on that level. We know God is true. Then the cycle begins again, only at deeper levels and with higher stakes to believe God. Who loved that? Friends, continue with the journey. Build your faith up. Let it go through the lessons of life. Let it, let it be taken through the crucible of the trial of life. 